Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and, and here she is. In today's story, we hear from Bori. She's going to be sharing the birth of her little girl, Lisa, with us today. Lisa was born in Prague in the Czech Republic and Bori is Hungarian and her partner is Spanish. Now, before Bori got pregnant with Lisa, she experienced a miscarriage and we will be talking quite a bit about support in miscarriage and how it is going through it in a place that's not our native and maybe that doesn't support us um, so well. Um, Bori also had quite an experience during her birth and postpartum because of a condition that happened to her in pregnancy. She had to transfer in between a couple of different hospitals and, and many different doctors and and so Bori, I'm going to let her do the sharing and telling the story but um, quite a lot of insight from a personal perspective how it is um, being in a different country where you don't speak the language and how how it is being supported medically in the Czech Republic specifically. I'll let Bori take over and do the talking from here but thank you Bori so much for sharing your story, very important one and I hope you guys enjoy listening in. Hi Bori and welcome to the nine months podcast. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you for trusting me with your story today. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and where in the world you guys are at? Yeah. Okay. So, hi. I am Bori Borbada. I'm Hungarian. My boyfriend is Spanish and we met in Budapest in Hungary. Our daughter, we only have one. She's almost two years old. She was born in Prague, Czech Republic, and now we live in Poland, Wroclaw. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so um, let's start with your journey to becoming pregnant then. Did you guys plan to have a baby? And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Yes, we definitely. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> was a very wanted kid. Yeah. So... Actually, I got pregnant after one year of trying, which is, which is, I think it's a lot. I know it's not a lot, but for me, it was a lot because of course, when you start this deep down, you hope that it's just going to happen from one day to the other. Although you, you do know that it's, it's not like that, but still your friend was just, you know, just got pregnant from the first start and the friend of the friend and everybody around you is just pregnant so fast and sometimes unwanted. So I really hope that, okay, we are two healthy, super healthy people in love. Great. So of course it's going to happen fast for us, but it didn't. <laughs> Or, yeah, I think, I really think one year is, is absolutely normal now. But yeah. of course, I, I hoped it's not going to be so long. So I got pregnant one year and actually after 12 months trying, I was still not pregnant. So I went to see my gynecologist and I told him that, okay, we are already trying one year and nothing happened. So I thought that it's the time 
to go, maybe to do some some examination that why it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And he told me that probably the first thing in this case we should do is the the fertility sperm test for the man. Mm. That's the first they do now. So we actually did it <laughs> in in Prague, which is really funny because just the next morning it turned out that I am pregnant. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> it was absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But a nice experience <laughs> for poor Diego. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did he get, he got the good results then, I guess, oh, after that? Yes, very. Yeah. He's, he's super. He could even sell his pen. Yeah, really? <laughs> the doctor oh, great. would like, pay, like he said, wow, that's, that's like number one quality. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> so maybe it was me. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was pregnant. I was super happy. I told everyone that I am pregnant and that pregnancy actually ended up well close to the first end of the first trimester with a miscarriage and mm. uh, unfortunately and well yeah it was i'm not saying it was a nice experience but i did learn a lot about about uh, different types of things for example how important it is that your doctor is patient or actually spends time with you because first time when i i actually knew that that's a miscarriage i went to my my old doctor who said like yeah probably that's a miscarriage you cannot do anything you just go home and rest <laughs> five minutes visit and i felt like i was miserable like super said like come on i waited one year to get pregnant and now it's few minutes to just done that's it we cannot save it i I really wanted to kind of save the baby, even though I knew I cannot. But I also went to another doctor. It was a private gynecologist. And he spent with me like almost one hour. It was the same. He told me the same things, but he actually spent time to talk with me about this. Mm. And after I felt much better, even, even though I knew that's a miscarriage, I, I've not felt good with it. But I accepted yeah. easier just because the doctor was nice with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so important. Did he, did he uh, speak you through what was happening in your body? Yeah. Or yeah, 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 yeah. And what was going to happen? And yeah, he told me that that probably, I mean, probably it's a miscarriage. They couldn't really tell because I was just spotting in that time. They told me if it's going to be like I didn't have any pain. So he told me if I'm going to have more pain or more more bleeding then I should go to the hospital but but if not I should just stay home and rest and actually a few days later it was Sunday I started to bleed more I didn't have pain but well I was quite inexperienced in miscarriages and pregnancies so we did go to Moto with my boyfriend it was uh, like an emergency gynecology ward I think yeah mm -hmm. so we went there and well that was a super heavy air in that waiting room all the couples you know losing babies there was this Indian woman very big belly bleeding there and also she had to wait for the doctor it was like no priority it 
because it was terrible to be there. And I remember going to the toilet there and I actually felt that the baby just came out from me in the toilet. Oh, wow. So I, I like to remember him like, remember him like, he's like swimming with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> in the ocean because actually he ended up in the toilet so yeah. that's beautiful well, though that's really beautiful <laughs> yeah. yes so the the doctor was a very young woman who I think she was also quite unexperienced just like us mm. so we ended up doing the DNC <laughs> and well Nobody was really speaking English in the hospital, so it was a bad experience, but it was even worse because of the situation and because of the lack of language or communication, basically. Mm. So I had to stay one night in the hospital, and it was very weird next morning. I still remember that they didn't take the breakfast to the bed, but everybody had to go for a different room, like a dining room area and mm-hmm. you had to have breakfast there together and I was like that's super weird yeah. <laughs> like why yeah well, yeah it was it's just weird <laughs> yeah just lacking that privacy maybe of just um giving people space I've heard that one before actually as well yeah so then mm-hmm. did they do any testing or anything did you find out what happened or not really, because he was already out, so they couldn't really make much of test. But yeah, that's just something quite natural selection, I guess, the miscarriage itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I talked a lot about this with my friends, especially with my mother. And it just turned out that lots of my friends already had miscarriage, or just my own mother had already three we never really talked about this so yeah (laughs) I guess it's worthy to talk yeah absolutely and I know we talked about this before you and me as well um just the fact that one one in four known pregnancies actually end in miscarriage and there's so many more that's a dark dark number that don't get reported Mm. and a lot of women go through this and and it's not and and it's not something that's talked about and 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 it's so important to talk about it, to know that others also have this experience, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you get any any support afterwards from the medical side, like any counseling or anything? Or Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just asking. No. <laughs> no, nothing. Maybe you have some some sort of <laughs> some golden tip somewhere, but no. <laughs> No, no, and I also asked like several doctors after this, like, okay, so when we can start again to try to make babies, and it was so different because everyone told me one, I think one, one of them told that six months, the other three weeks, the other six weeks, and the other one she said that okay, if I have my next period, I can already start after that. Mm. So I still don't know how much really need to wait yeah. for a miscarriage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We waited three months. Mm-hmm. And then, and after another three months, so after six months, actually I, 
I was pregnant again mm-hmm. with Lisa, who yeah. is alive, or let's say a successful pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think both of those descriptions work, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, great. And how did you find out that you were pregnant with Lisa? Well, I normally had uh, always in time period. So basically, when I didn't have my period for two days, I, I already knew that probably I am pregnant. And also, I knew that we are trying. So, <laughs> But I still waited like a few days. And I think like I waited only four days not to have my period. And it was the, I know it was Friday, 4 a.m. I just couldn't sleep. So I just sneaked out to the toilet. I made the test. Of course, it was positive. <laughs> so... I just woke up Diego and I said, Diego, I'm pregnant. And he was like, okay, okay, let me sleep. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. And how did you guys go about about it all with that pregnancy? Did you change um, your care provider or did you go with the same that you had in the previous one? Uh, No, I actually changed Mm. my old doctor and I went I think because of the miscarriage and because of the language, I went for a private one. Mm. And I chose this package, which I only had to go always. She did all the examinations and she was also the one who was there at the delivery. Mm. So that was very important to me to feel safe because of the miscarriage. And... And it was it was different in this time because I I wouldn't say that I was not happy, but I was not really happy. I was more calm than happy, I think. And then it was very nice because I never felt such a deep calmness before in my life. So <laughs> it was it was weird, but but different. And also I had like several friends in that time who were also pregnant and they they kind of lost their babies like 36 25 and 52 weeks of pregnancy so i was like okay she can die in any moment (laughs) i cannot be happy and yeah Yeah. so the the previous miscarriage sort of came over into the next pregnancy and and caused some worry I think it's yes. normal when we've gone yeah. through a loss before that we that we keep that in mind all the time. Yeah, but how was the pregnancy in general? Did you did you plan for some sort of birth or um, uh, not some sort of birth? <laughs> did you plan for any particular kind of birth or anything? Well, the pregnancy went went good. Or now I remember that it was good because of last few weeks were good but actually in the first 20-25 weeks was really hard for me. I had this all, all day sickness. I was not vomiting but I felt like powerless, no energy. I was never ever hungry like basically never in my whole pregnancy so I just lost kilos. Actually at the end of my pregnancy I was with minus two kilos and you're not you're not a big person <laughs> no yeah uh so I, it was like 20 25 weeks i was really shit <laughs> and and then it just changed i i felt great you know i started to show 
the bump. So first time in my life, I, I didn't have to suck in my belly to feel pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I could wear like super stretchy clothes, like, yeah, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did feel very beautiful, actually, mm. when I was pregnant. Yeah, I remember you at the end of your at the end of your pregnancy and you were coming into the studio and you were just like I'm here and I'm pregnant and I'm doing my yoga and it was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was uh what I I we chose the Podoli hospital in Prague because as as I read about it, it they, they kind of it very very into natural birth. And also I read that they, they speak English, which is, <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> wrote that. They do not, or not the nurses, at least the doctors, yes, but not uh, my experience. And of course, I wanted to do very natural births, you know, no painkiller. So it actually used the, the bathtub as a painkiller. And in Podoli, they do have one room with the bathtub. Mm-hmm. So you can you can be there not in active labor or not in the the pushing phase but before that i was actually studying with youtube <laughs> a lot of things i found really good things like you know different breathing techniques or the different stage of the birth and learning how to attach the baby <laughs> to the breast the very first time or watching videos about labor wow really disgusting <laughs> yeah I found them beautiful I would always watch them and cry at the end of every each and every one of them when I was pregnant yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was really looking forward you know to to push that big thing through my birth canal <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> According to my mother, who is a mother of seven, that, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful pain. Mm-hmm. So I I was really looking forward for that beautiful pain and the golden hour and just to be a family first time in our life. Was, yeah. 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 Of course. Spending like days, days to find the best bio vagina oil and the nipple cream. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the one you don't need to wash off before the baby sucks. So. <laughs> I know this. You're choosing super cute clothes, different clothes when you're gonna take the baby home from the hospital. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't use nothing, nothing, <laughs> any of this. Yeah. Well, should we jump into the birth story itself then, Bori? Yeah. When did it start, and when did you know, and and all these things? Well, it's I have never been in labor. I think that's 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 a thing. Uh, I was in the thirty ninth week visit check up with my doctor, and she said there is zero zero sign of labor. I was not dilated. She told me that probably we can wait like you know forty plus two weeks, so another three weeks in total. That's good. More three weeks pregnancy and no sleeping. And actually, I went after this checkup to yoga. <laughs> I think Great. it was it was Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next morning, it was the 10th of May, Friday. It was also 4 a.m. I just woke up and I started to have big pain in my upper stomach. 
I I kind of knew that that's that's probably not labor, and also yesterday I've just been to do visits, so she told me that I am not and I'm not gonna be in labor very soon. So I was just went to have a bath. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a false alarm. I was thinking, but even after two hours in the bathtub, I I didn't feel better still have a lot of pain and I actually just felt worse. So I woke up Diego and asked him to basically just to help me out from the bath. I couldn't even stand up alone. And I started to feel really dizzy and extremely sick. I I also fainted with my bump forward. I remember Diego basically saved us. It was, I'm sure it's very, very scary also for, for him. So, yeah, it was clear that we are going to the hospital. I just put some more stuff in my already prepared bag. I remember that I couldn't really walk. I could only like crawl or just stay laid down because every time I was lifting my head, I was like, I cannot. And then I started to vomit in the car. <laughs> it's it's also not a nice experience of sitting in a car and basically vomiting. <laughs> Yeah. You. Yeah. Like, and we arrived to the hospital. They were the first thing they did. They were checking Lisa's heartbeat. So Lisa was was always good and perfect. She was moving a lot. I remember. So probably she felt that something is is not okay with Mama. Mm. Actually, they cared more about her than me. Mm. I, I had this feeling, and I I still think so. I could only stay like lying down and we went to the delivery ward and we actually got the, the best room with the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually we stayed there like I think 20 minutes and mm. that's all. <laughs> the baby was not ready. My cervix was not dilated. Nothing, nothing. I was not in labor. And still, I was in a very big pain, and I was suffering like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> they took me to the high-risk pregnancy ward, yes. And from now on, I think in the next five, seven hours, I was just going from this ward for, for visits for other gynecologists. They really tried to figure out what's going on. But everything what they could tell me, that the baby is fine, I am not in labor, and they have no idea what's going on. And the only thing I felt that I am dying. I, I knew that she's fine, and I knew I'm not in labor, but I also knew that, I mean, I, I felt super, super bad, mm. super dizzy, and I didn't vomit more, I think, but... Uh, but just imagine when you got dizzy, when you last fast, you stand up after being lie down, and then you have to sit back because you just don't feel good. And then it's it's just gone in a few minutes or second. But for me, it took eleven hours. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like horror show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the end, after eleven hours. This I was really tired, and the doctor told me that okay, it's the baby is already cooked, done, thirty nine week pregnancy, so 
they can <laughs> take her out she will be fine but we just that's the best to take her out and then let's see what's going on inside me mm. so meaning of course c-section i was not even thinking about c-section never ever but that's how we ended up so i always say that lisa was not born actually lisa was cut out oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not nice, I know. <laughs> no, but not really okay. processed. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's our ex- it's so, your experience, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they asked me that I would like to have a local anesthesia or a general one. Mm. But I was like, just put me to sleep. I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, and because of this, it's kind of my fault or not my fault. I I think I really needed a bit of rest. I didn't see my baby. There was no golden hour, no skin to skin, no first attachment to the breast, nothing, nothing. What I was really wanted and what I thought that it's important. Diego could see the baby, but she was already dressed, so there was no skin to skin. Mm. She was dressed fully. Yeah. yeah. Could he go and hang out with her when you were still yes. in the ICU? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he That's could. Good. I was in the ICU for two days. Actually, I felt much better. I felt really good <laughs> there. I think normally mothers after C-section, they feel the worst in the f- like a following few days after C-section. But I think in the next two, mo- two three months, these two days were my best days ever. <laughs> I didn't even feel much of pain. I didn't. I didn't eat anything, so I, I was not feeling sick. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, I could shower alone. They removed my catheter, so I could be alone. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> really pushed myself to get out there and to actually see my baby. Mm. And well, they yeah, they didn't bring her to you when you were in the ICU at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, they did. And the first time I met with Lisa was this very not nice lactation specialist bitch in this hospital who didn't speak English. I actually, I I saw her that she was super charming and very nice with other like Czech mamas. But with me, she was more like aggressive and, and rude. Mm-hmm. And I, she just took Lisa the first time I said this is the first time I see my baby and she was really hairy (laughs) (laughs) her forehead and face is like that's a monkey that's not my baby (laughs) I didn't know that newborn are so hairy (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's sweet and sorry Diego but you know the the Spanish blood (laughs) yeah I guess so I guess so yeah (laughs) So I think it was like five minutes in total. She was crying and screaming. I was crying also. And this this woman just aggressively pinched my nipples and pushed it in her mouth. And she was against it. I was against it. And then she just gave up and she just took my baby. And I was like, but please, can I still have her? This is the first time I actually see her, mm. give her back. Mm-hmm. And no, she was, I guess, very busy. So, well, she, and she didn't bring it more there to me. 
which is, I think, in the ICU. So that was, I was really pushing myself to get out and, and meet with her. And also, this first meeting was very upsetting. I felt quite down because I thought, I'm gonna love my baby. I'm gonna bond with her, you know, the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, all this shit that you see in the movies and like, okay, the baby's out and you already love and you have the maternal instinct right away. And I didn't feel anything. I was just very angry and sad. Yeah. And yeah, it was hard. I didn't know that that this is possible not to love your own child. Yeah, you know, I think it's very normal because we go through such a big ordeal. However, the baby comes out that there's a, I don't know, I didn't either, not that I didn't like my children when they were born, but it took me always a few days with both of them to be like, oh, I I love you, you know, like very strong protectiveness over them, of course. But, you know, I think it's and I've spoken to lots of women, even on this podcast about this, too, that it's very normal to just feel like, whoa, what just happened? And there's another human and, (laughs) you know, yeah. Yeah. But it's also important to talk about. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) No. And I imagine that, uh, you know, these things like the very first woman, the skin to skin, the breastfeeding, this like a mystical happy bubble. And like, this is the strong base of the mother-child relationship. And as I couldn't have any of them, nothing, I already fucked like being a good mother. So that was (laughs) I was actually feeling there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like. Yeah, now I, of course, <laughs> I don't think because now I have the experience. How How is this deep love? And this come with the time and the patience and sacrifices. Not, And I'm sure these are really beautiful things and I hate everyone who could not love it. <laughs> that's okay. No, I don't. I'm just super jealous to everyone. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, but I don't think there's anyone out there, Bori, that has this like... I, I don't think I've ever heard that, that somebody has a, everything happen exactly as they wanted it to and everything. Yeah, exactly I know. Perfect. No, it's not. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, we had to not had to, but we could make like a birth plan. Mm-hmm. But I knew that even if I do it, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I, I talked through with my doctor about the episiotomy and what can happen, I knew that I was really aware of it, that maybe it's not going to happen like this and probably not going to happen. But I was, (laughs) I was never actually thinking that this can be so bad Mm. and and no, no happy moments of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and then what happened? Did you get out of ICU? Were you after a couple of days? It was one on Friday and on Monday. I, I got the postnatal award. I shared the room with a second time Russian mother who didn't speak English, but was fine. <laughs> the nurses also, they were absolutely not nice and not speaking English. And this time I started to eat, not just drink. So I started actually to feel the same bad, like before Lisa was cut out, like the dizziness and the sickness than before. Lisa could be more with me actually the breastfeeding went well so surprise surprise without that help I found out how to do it all alone (laughs) YouTube thank you (laughs) (laughs) 
and the visiting hours Diego could be there so finally we could be a bit like family but actually not really much because I felt very bad and every time I, I stand up I felt dizzy and I felt like the nurses they just they just didn't believe me that I feel bad I, I don't know why or how or they asked me that okay you really you could have a shower alone in the ICU and how they let you out if you are so bad but there I was I was really fine so yeah did they know about they know about the history like why you had a cesarean because you were feeling bad like did they know if no idea I couldn't talk with them right so yeah yeah right that, that makes sense yeah I don't know yeah but probably not yeah and that night I started to vomit but like vomit like a lot like hell it was really really not just disgusting but it was really painful because of the fresh cut on the belly it's quite painful to vomit so i was really thankful for my roommate who woke up and helped me and asked for the nurses and well that time i discovered that the suppository painkiller is my very best friend <laughs> probably my mother was the last one who put that thing in me like 30 years ago yeah and now i was like <laughs> shamefully asking it the nurse to put it in my ass please more and more. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was great mm -hmm. <laughs> great so there was always some little funny things in 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 the shit storm which like yeah kept me lining, going right? yeah yeah <laughs> so next day great. tuesday there was a surgeon there who also came to see me finally and um, well he, he told me that he has no idea <laughs> what's going on very great professionals in that hospital and they started to make me make the x-rays and basically basically from this day they did x-rays like two or three times per day i don't understand why but they did it you know i was breastfeeding and going to the x-ray nice I think also this day they just took me for another hospital, the Vinohrady hospital. The doctor just came and told me, okay, you pack your bag, probably you're going to stay there. Maybe not, maybe yes, just go. And okay, I was like, okay, this is basically the first day, the second, with my baby ever. And now I'm going to another hospital alone. So... I was also I was physically very bad, but I was emotionally super bad. But this was the last time I actually cried. <laughs> mm. And yeah, they took me with the ambulance, which was again very painful experience with the cobblestones of Prague. <laughs> but I remember suffering then and I asked the guy like, can we put the Nino on it at least? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make some fun. <laughs> And he said, yeah. no, 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 it's only for emergency. And I started to cry. <laughs> and then, and then he, he put the Nino for me. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, that's great. <laughs> See, the silver linings, right? <laughs> uh, so they said that probably it's just my digestive system restarts a bit slower. 
which can absolutely be normal after pregnancy, that I do not have a stool yet in these days. So they sent me back and they told me that, okay, basically just get the cesarean. We're not going to cut you now. We should just wait a few days that maybe it's going to restart and you'll be fine. So I, we went back and we get the only private room. So I moved to another room. The private room in the hospital meant that Diego could be always there, night and days. And as Diego could be there, Lisa also could stay with me. But she was not allowed to stay with me when I was alone. Only if someone else was also with me in the room. And also this time my mother arrived. So uh, she basically saved us. <laughs> it was a very big help. So the next two days, I, I just kept being shit. Kept going to the other hospital with the ambulance. Kept doing the x-rays and vomiting and digestion really hurt. I, every time I ate, I vomited. I felt dizzy. So basically, it was a never-ending story. And they already started to put me on IVs. So actually, I was eating through the IV and also drinking. Nice. I think there was like always two in the same time. But I remember the whole story. There was a few moments that there was four different IV in my hands. And I was like, what the fuck? I am a sick person in the hospital. No, I'm a fresh mother who should be happy and being with her child. I was not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before the weekend on Friday, my... My doctor came and told me that, okay, so before the weekend, we should go for the last last time for a checkup to the other hospital. Probably they're going to send me back again, but just in case, because of the weekend. So I didn't take anything with me this time. Before that, every day, I just you know, prepared my bag. I went with the bag, but this time I only took my phone. And I, I never go back to Podoli. <laughs> There was this young resident who finally did the the CT. You know, I had to drink this this contrast liquid, so they found out at the end that uh, it didn't go through. So something was stuck inside me, and they just cut off the podoli bracelet and just put me in the new one. I was like really in shock. Like I felt no one really cared that. I just had a baby. I should be there breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And she's waiting for me. No, nope, I was just a piece of meat. And yeah, of course, at the end, I also vomited this liquid out. And they just told me that, okay, next morning, the first thing that they're going to do, the second surgery. I don't even know who was the doctor because I... I don't remember much of things in this time. I do know that the nurses didn't speak English. Also, maybe the doctors, yes. But even if they did, they just didn't want to speak in English. That was my whole experience, that sometimes they do speak English, but they just don't want to speak English even if they know. 
and they really don't care how are you they just want to save my life and that's it they just you know don't want me to die under their scissors (laughs) but that's it that's it Mm. anyway so that time that night when I was in the the first time first night in the Vinohrady that night I had uh, I don't even know how it's called in English it's like the the milk coming in when your breast is getting super sore and huge and of course because I was breastfeeding like three four days before and then I just stopped breastfeeding because I didn't have my baby but I didn't have my pump and nothing so wow next morning I was huge tits it's like I was with another three people in the room I said okay I'm not gonna start to squeeze out the milk or something (laughs) did you ask for a pump or did they help you well, no, I was asking just as fast as he can come. I told you guys, look, I cannot go to the surgery because I have to take this milk out. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm not even sure they actually knew that I'm like a mother or just uh-huh. just a, a new mother was just delivering a few days ago. But anyway, finally the pump arrived and <laughs> I saved my breast. <laughs> yeah. and uh, what actually happened it was my womb was too big I don't even know how is it possible that somebody's womb is too big but anyway mine was too big and it pressed my bowels and finally so much that my small intestine twisted and also had a hole on my colon and just after one year when I went for for again, again a new doctor checkup the guy just told me that hmm, you are really lucky. I said, like, really me lucky. And he said that yeah, because probably if uh, something is actually going out in that hole in my colon, that can really cause like a, a deadly infection. If they, well, if they didn't open me fast enough, maybe I wouldn't be here today. So I know I should be like thankful that they they saved my life. Mm. But um, I'm a bad girl and I'm not so thankful. I still hate them. <laughs> yeah. After the second surgery, I was like four or five days in the ICU. And Diego could visit me. Lisa was home. I think I was Saturday, the surgery, and Saturday or Sunday afternoon, actually, Lisa could go home. And she was with my mother, so I never was really worrying about her because I knew that my mother is a good mother. <laughs> and we could also buy like this uh, mother milk from Podoli. Oh, yeah. So she actually got mama milk. Mm. And we decided that we're not going to take her to the hospital. So she will be home and I will stay alone. And probably that that was a good decision because I was even pushing myself more harder to to get over with all this shit and just go home. <laughs> and I just put myself in a, like a total apathy, like a defense mechanism. <laughs> it's like no feelings, not no physically, no emotionally, and and it's just. I still remember that every time I knew that something painful is going to happen, it was, well, even if it was something physical, emotional, 
I just pictured one moment and I had seen this picture because like uh, two months before all this, we went for the for a holiday, the Gran Canaria. And I really enjoyed it. It was nothing really special, but it was nice to be pregnant and being holiday with the sun mm -hmm. in March in the Gran Canaria. Yeah, in Czech Republic, it was still winter. So, yeah. <laughs> And I remember the mornings when I I woke up, I felt Lisa moving. I, you know, I heard, I felt, and I saw the ocean. Mm. And I remember this white curtain in the on the terrace, like the wind playing with the curtain. And every time I just pictured this, and then I didn't feel nothing. Mm. <laughs> so. Um, my my hairs on my arms are standing up body I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so here in the ICU the nurses was were very nice they even spoke English so I felt quite good because I also know that okay now we are over it turned out I will be fine now nothing bad can happen <laughs> so <laughs> was nice but I remember like the visits in the morning visit at, uh, because it's um, like a lot of students students and residents are in this hospital so but really just imagine that you are there as a non-check speaking and there are the doctor the nurses and like four or five or more students and they are speaking talking about you in Czech but you don't understand a word yeah. and they don't give a shit to ask you and how do you feel or, or anything no i just like mm. what the fuck like hi i'm here so yeah it was that's very yeah that's, that's difficult uh, nice but i had my pump so every three hours i was pumping i even if i couldn't the nurses were pumping <laughs> instead of me yeah so, it's so nice that you were, had support with that then from the nurses yeah. as well yeah they were very nice in the icu in that hospital and i think there yeah finally i had two first time it was like the biggest happiness of my life mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it was a very big thing and in this hospital i also get a private room it was very hard after the second surgery like physically also but also emotionally to be alone and also to just to walk you know one hand you have the catheter and the drain bag the other hand you have the ivies and try to walk like this yeah <laughs> it's like okay just take them out i will walk for you just take them out so I got better, I started to eat, and at the end there was a, a student who actually spoke in English, so I just grabbed him, I told him, look, you're gonna just take a paper and a pen, and I'm gonna make you a list, and please just do this, ask this, just do it. I think I was even using a bit of crying, you know, just convincing him. <laughs> I was really, really annoying, it's like, just take out the drain, please just take it out. So actually he did everything. He was very nice. He came back. Okay, look, I did this. It's done. It's done. So he helped me a lot. <laughs> so after this, I was born like two and a half week. I could go home. Mm. 
and the parents of Diego, they were there and they they always told me that basically I look like like I have just been released from Auschwitz. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, I lost another 15 kilo. I was not even gaining during my pregnancy. I was really, really skinny. I felt or I looked like a drug addicted because of my arm. Not a lot of Ivy. I remember only wore like long sleeve dresses in the middle of the summer. <laughs> I knew I always want to lose a bit of weight. Like, okay, why not? But then the first time when I was like, I wanted to gain weight like a lot. And it was really hard and difficult. Yeah. First time in my life, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I had my <laughs> personal chef, Diego, took a very good care of me. Yeah. My mother also stayed there for another week and then also Diego for another and my mother came back for another two weeks so yeah <laughs> I needed a lots of lots of help mm-hmm. I couldn't I was just not able to take care of her like physically that was also a very bad feeling that I just couldn't hold her mm-hmm. I was just not able I was like barely walking alone so <laughs> It was like not days, but weeks after she was born that I could just walk with her in my arms. So, yeah. But my mom was a very big help. She was sleeping with the baby, actually. We slept with Diego. And every time the baby was crying, she woke up and she just took the baby. I breastfed. And yes, I did breastfed because that was the only thing, the only thing what actually happened, how I planned the breastfeeding. (laughs) pumping just kept me going in this whole situation yeah and I also because after the hospital I was still not I couldn't give my milk like for another four weeks to her because of all the medicines and the drugs it was just rubbish so I just had to keep pumping and but it was was nice because actually the first time I offered her she just accepted so it was great and even though we didn't have much of connection in the first few weeks and I always knew that you know the baby thinks that the mother and she or he they are one body one soul like they are in full symbiosis but I never really read about that the mother can feel that but (laughs) I felt that and it was so nice but even though I didn't have nothing nice in the beginning Hmm. we just had this connection (laughs) and we are still joking sometimes with this like Diego is I remember that Lisa started she was very good baby she actually ate and slept and the first time she was really crying then I started to feel the same music because I started to cry also and like Diego was looking like what the fuck are you doing and I said I am the baby (laughs) the baby is me (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and every time she said, like, you, you are the baby. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I really felt that, that I am the baby. And I feel the yeah. same what the baby feels. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if, if I can say that maybe that's something that, like, a, a father or a partner can't really feel 100% like you do. Because still to this day, when my kids wake up at night I wake up like even if they don't make noise I wake up and I'm like I know they're awake you know it's just something that's like 
some sort of connection still going on. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it was like of last week that she cried a bit during the night. And I always go and just make sure that she knows that I am there. But I was like, oh, I just want to keep sleeping, please. And she didn't cry, just really just a few seconds, nothing more. And I didn't go and I felt super guilty. So I fell asleep and I had the worst nightmare ever. Yeah. So I don't know, but my <laughs> subconscious was still working in that guilt. And in my dream, I was, I was going to pick her up but I was quite Aww. late and there were some people in her room torturing her and it was like Jesus Jesus okay <laughs> I will go next time just yep. <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely your brain playing tricks <laughs> yeah all right so are there any any references or anything you'd like to share with the listeners or or anything else from your journey that you haven't talked about yet i i read a lot of books about parenting but actually i found only one very good it's a hungarian book it's about the attachment parenting and just send you later but i never really mm. i was never into this mm-hmm. uh, these books so much because i found this one's very very good and every time i had any doubt i was just reading this again and that just fine and yeah there is actually one thing about like motherhood it's more about like it just came to my mind actually this morning like normally I am I'm not really a self-confidence person I'm quite introvert but the first thing in my life I knew that I am good is to be a mother and it's super weird to be so confident in something in my life but it's just it's really i i never never ever gave a shit what other things or do i always did what i wanted how i wanted and i was always sure i am sure that i am a good mother and it's just weird to say that <laughs> i don't know i think it's really great i think that we need to hear that i think all mothers need to hear that I need to hear other mothers say that they are good mothers. I think you're a good mother too, buddy. <laughs> you too. <laughs> sometimes. And I think least. it's just... <laughs> I am. <laughs> just sometimes. <laughs> it just gives me a lot of self-confidence just yeah. to be a mother. Yeah. And yet this, all this happened was really tough and bad, but actually it was more how it happened. Mm. So because it's happened in the Czech Republic... And it's all the language and not happening, what's going on, not knowing, sorry, what's going on. The Czech health system is like, save my life, spot me out without any follow-up or suggestion. What should I do now? How could I put my body together? Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything then, or if I can ask you this way, if somebody else were to go through a similar situation than you, if you could have done something differently, if you could have had power over it yourself, would it what what could that have been? What could that have been? If that makes sense, that question. Yes. I I would have asked more help mm. with my friends who actually speak Czech. Yeah. Because I do have a friend who is a pediatrician and she speaks Czech. And 
I know that she would be absolutely okay with it and willingly help me, but I'm just not that kind of person to like to ask for help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, now if I know, I, I would ask for help Yeah, from friends who speak just to know what's going on for sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that goes into into even if we don't have to go through such an ordeal like you did asking for help is also a good advice for for any new mother out there as well right oh yeah yeah all right so so thank you so much for sharing your story with us you're welcome (laughs) thank you for listening Thanks again, Bori, for sharing your story with us today on the podcast. If you are out there and you're listening in and you'd like to reach out to her with any questions or anything you might have, then feel free to send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com or head to nine months podcast.com and fill out the contact form there. You can also find all the resources from all the episodes on the website as well. And of course, if you'd like to share your story, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. All stories are important to be heard, yeah? So so reach out if you feel like you really like to, to share yours, then I would really like to share it too. No? Okay, you guys, have a wonderful week ahead and we'll see you next week.